When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, before we get going, let's give a quick shout out to our partners here at Auburn Live and the Auburn Live show. First of all, Southeastern, great bar in downtown Auburn, fantastic two-story building, beautiful place. Uh, great lounge upstairs, tons of TVs, outdoor seating area, some finger foods and stuff like that as well. Awesome location in downtown Auburn. Go visit Southeastern. Great game day experience, uh, weekend experience. Um, just go check them out. Southeastern on Magnolia. Other partner, the Irritable Bow restaurant, also on Magnolia on the other side uh, of the street in downtown downtown Auburn, down, down Magnolia. Go check them out. Really good Chinese bao uh, food, uh, sh- shrimp, shrimp rolls and, and steak, steak and, and, and chicken uh, skewers and um, rice bowls and just a bunch of bunch of good stuff. man. if you've never had Chinese bao, it's really, really good. Shout out to our friend Whitley Dykes. Um, they get you in and out really quickly. So if you ever see a line, don't worry. It moves quickly. Go check out the Irritable Bao restaurant downtown Auburn and uh, tell them Auburn Live sent you. All right, let's go. All right, everybody, welcome back into another Auburn live show uh, as we get ready for Auburn and Georgia this week. Uh, appreciate everybody for joining us. I am Justin Hokinson, um, part of AuburnLive.com, the On3 Sports Network. Uh, if you're not a subscriber to Auburn Live, please go and, and uh, become a subscriber. We've got a lot of good content. That'll be a big recruiting weekend, a lot of things going on. So if you're not one, now is a good time to join. All right, it's Friday. You know what that means. We welcome in from CBS Sports, Sirius XM Radio, Barrett Salee. Barrett, what's up, man? Oh, just getting ready for the Braves playoff series and a pretty fun weekend of college football as well. So sorry about your boys. I know they lost. I did. A close game. I, close one. I was rooting for them, and I, probably not for the reasons that you'd like, because I'm more threatened by the Dodgers than the Cardinals, <laughs> but I was still rooting for the Cardinals. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, they made they made a run. Um all right, you mentioned this big big weekend of college football. Um, certainly some really good games uh, going on. Let's start where we always do, and that is Auburn. Auburn-Georgia, Deep South's oldest rivalry, 126th meeting uh, between the two teams. Georgia's owned this rivalry the last 20 years, owned it. I don't think Auburn fans – I don't like it, you almost have to go back and look at the numbers for it to really sink in the level of, of how uh, Georgia's dominated the series – uh, over the last, you know, 15, really going back to, um, you know, that that 05 game for Auburn really ended the ended yeah. things. From that point on, uh, it's been all Georgia outside of the a few Auburn wins where they clearly had the, the better team, some of the better seasons Auburn's had. Um, Georgia comes in 15-point favorites. That line has risen to 16 in some circles. Um what, what's kind of your, your your big picture thoughts on this game? Uh, do you think that line is is accurate? Is Georgia that much better than than a than an okay Auburn team at least? They're not bad, obviously. They're yeah. they're ranked. I mean, 
Um, what's kind of your big picture take on on what kind of challenge Auburn faces and what kind of challenge Georgia faces? I mean, first, it's the first road test for them, this kind of environment since the last time they came to yeah. Auburn at the end of 19. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I think the number's too high uh, for a lot of the reasons you said, look, like Georgia wins with defense. Auburn's not bad. And there's no way that Kirby's going to try to run the score up. He is going to try to get out of there. It's going to be like two years ago, right? Uh, 21, nothing. Auburn was doing nothing for three quarters. Then they got back into it a little, probably a little too close for Kirby's comfort, but it's going to kind of be that kind of game. I think where, you know, Georgia's not necessarily going to try to do too much if it doesn't have to, which, I mean, obviously led them to a shutout win last week, but this is a little different, obviously. Uh, so I, th I think it's something like that. And the history, you know, yeah, you look at when Auburn wins this game, 0-4, uh, uh, 2010, 2013, they, 2017, they either win the national championship or win the West with the exception of 2005, which was just, 2005 was wild. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. was just yeah. an unbelievable game. So, you know, I think it's going to be, close enough to give like, that Auburn will have a chance. And you mentioned the home field advantage. Here's the thing, you know, Stetson Bennett's probably going to start, right? Stetson Bennett, the only other true road game he's had was at Alabama last year. And I think they were at 25% at that time. It might've been 50 either way. I mean, it's not a really, it's not a real road game, you know? So, um, you know, I, I, I'm to me, I'm interested to see how he handles that and how Kirby handles him in that situation, because it's different than how he handled him last year. That's a good point. Um, that's a good point. I'm really impressed with Stetson Bennett. Like, I think the kid is just is 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 got it together. Um, but uh, it is a fair point. He, he, he had a great game against Auburn last year, 200 something yards passing. Um, all, obviously, Auburn couldn't do anything, right? like 200 total yards in that game. But that's an interesting thought on not just Georgia on the road, but Stetson Bennett on the road um, in, a, in, a, in a hostile environment. And I think if you're Auburn, look, Georgia's a, an outstanding team. They may win the national championship. Um, you, you, have to, you have to go there. Yeah. You, have to, you have to make him win. If he does it, great. But you can't let the stable of running backs Georgia has – uh, get going. I mean, yeah. I, I think you got to lean that way. Now, if you can, maybe Auburn starts off somewhat balanced and they, they decide somewhat early on, okay, we're, we're going to have to load up the box. So you make that decision, but you definitely got to go that direction and, and put pressure on Stetson Bennett to um, either, either make a lot of man-to-man -man throws or, you know, get pressure him. And if you get beat, you get beat. Um, they're going to have to take some gambles, I would imagine. Yeah, they will. And, and you're right. You know, if Stetson Bennett goes out and beats you, okay. Fine. Like you're not going to that, you know, you're not going to like that result, but it's better than the other option, right? You know, that's, that's the path you have to take if you're Derek Mason. And part of the way you do that is crank up the heat. And that's a problem considering Derek Mason at times has decided not to do that. So, I mean, it, it's the challenge. There's no doubt, but yeah, 100% go make steps and beats uh, Bennett beat you. He's, is he a difference maker? No. Can he be a difference maker at times? Yeah. Uh, you need to, force him to be a difference maker way more than he's accustomed to because he's more apt to make some mistakes. And I, does it, will it matter in the end? Probably not. It, you know, he's Stetson is, you know, lucky to have the best defense in the country uh, going up against him in practice every week. So not only can you rely on that, but it's also given him some, uh, some good practice when they go ones on one. So, you know, it's, it's a tough task, but I'm with you. Just, just make Stetson win, make Stetson beat you. And if he does tip your hat. 
Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good point. He gets to, he does get to face a really good defense um, on a daily and weekly basis. I was trying to think about what this game, um, you know, kind of thinking back. I went back and looked and uh, at this line. And I was trying to think the only team really that, that's had this kind of uh, spread in Auburn recently is Alabama. Yeah. Um, with some of the teams Alabama has. And obviously Auburn's had a couple of down years. And so it's made for some lopsided spreads. Um, Two things coming to mind. One, this 2012 Auburn-Georgia game. The spread was 15 in that game. That is one of the worst teams in the history of Auburn football against a team in Georgia that won the East, was 8-1 and one at the time, lost to Alabama in the SEC Championship, um, and that spread was 15. And now, they would have won the National Championship had they beaten Alabama. Right. It was so close. Now, Auburn won the uh, – um, Georgia won that game 38 to nothing. So maybe that spread was too conservative. But I'm looking at that going, okay, that, that Auburn team was 2-7 and seven going in, and they were a 15-point underdog. This Auburn team's 4-1 and one and ranked, and they're a 15-, 16-point underdog. I'm like, you know, I'm missing something. It's is a Georgia's lot of defense – does Georgia's defense just carry that much they, well, hype? They, it, they do. Um, it's a good point. They do carry that much weight, but – in this situation on the planes, does it really matter how good they are? Right. Like think of what's going to go on in Kirby's mind, right. When the wheels start turning, he's going to look and say, okay, I don't want to do anything dumb. I've got Stetson Bennett, a walk on who's left our team came back and is now a starter. I don't want to take any chances on the road in the toughest environment he's ever been in. You know, that's, that's the thing is, you know, yeah, it'd be nice if Georgia, you know, or if Auburn was, you know, a pushover, but they're not. So in Kirby's mind, he's got absolutely got to look at this and say, okay, let's just, you know, keep it close to the vest, try to get out of there with the win. Style points don't matter. Uh, and and that, that's why, like, yeah, yeah, the line, it's it's really, it's shocking to see how big it is. Yeah. Um, and so th- that was my other thought. And then the other thing I was trying to think of just, okay, this obviously doesn't happen very often where Auburn's this kind of underdog. And I thought about the 15 Iron Bowl. And, mm-hmm. and went back and looked at the spread, and it matched up. Auburn was a 15-point underdog to Alabama, who was ranked second. Um, that Auburn team finished 6-6. Six and six. That Alabama team won the national title. Yeah. And uh, it was a close game. It was 22-13 into the last few minutes, and then Derrick Henry uh, busted a late touchdown to seal the deal. Derrick Henry had a monster game, 200-something yards in that Iron Bowl. Uh, but, again, 15-point underdogs, and Auburn was down nine, you know, basically with with like a minute left mm-hmm. um, or two minutes left. So they, they hung it, they hung in there really close. So, you know, I have to think Auburn's going to be within that point spread. I mean, I, I think Auburn's got too much ability uh, to, to not be. Now the thing that could change that is if Auburn reverts back and makes mistakes like these busted assignments, like against Georgia state or Penn state that you saw um, where they just le- leaving guys wide open. If you allow that to happen, and you let Georgia get easy scores, then yeah, you're you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, but I have to think it's going to be a a, a a battle, a defensive battle, um, low scoring game. I would imagine. Um, some people have brought up that this could be the better, the best offense that Georgia has faced this year. Um, Arkansas's offense was is good. I'm still not sold on KJ Jefferson, like as a yeah, pass, not either. Like, you know, as a passer. They can absolutely run the ball. But I think if you take Arkansas's offense in Athens versus Auburn's offense in Auburn, this is going to be the the toughest situation they've faced. But my question would be, 
is that relative? Like, does it matter? Like, is Georgia's defense that good? I mean, yeah. Is it the best they faced? Maybe. Sure. Fine. Yeah. But what does that mean? They shut Arkansas out. Yeah, so what exactly. Is, what does that mean for Auburn? It's not It's not like they're, you know, Texas A&M 2012. Like, that's just not who they are. So you're right. You know, if uh, I know there's this idea of, well, Georgia hadn't played anybody, you know, even after beating Arkansas and shutting them out. Georgia's defense hadn't, you know, hadn't been challenged. Well, yeah, it hadn't been challenged because it's freaking awesome. that's why it hasn't been challenged so you know yeah I mean this is probably the toughest offense they've played uh because Auburn obviously can run the football although sometimes they you know kind of get away from that and you know the running game sort of changes as the as games go on but you know you and you got Bo Nix working Bo Nix magic so yeah I mean it's yeah it's the best offense George has played but does it matter the answer is Probably no. That's why, you know, a lot of us, including I think you are too, picking Georgia to win. But, yeah. you know, it's it's I, the criticism that they, they ain't played nobody. I always make the joke, you know, we're just going to get to championship weekend. We're going to get to playoff weekend and nobody will have played anybody. Like that's just <laughs> how, how things go in this sport. Well, and when and here's the thing you got to be careful of when you say they haven't played anybody because the other flip side is it's because they're that good. Yeah, exactly. everybody else looks like a nobody. So, yep. You have to you have to look at that both ways and say yes is this all, all the best uh, offense situation that the other team has been in yep yeah um, but you know when you're like well our offense is better than Arkansas that's cool Arkansas scored zero points so <laughs> yeah. you could be better you got than a little them bit of score, an uphill climb there yeah you could be a better offense than them and score seven yep. you know nine you know ten which it's going to take more than that to uh, to win the game yeah. Um, Let's stay on this before we flip sides. How does Auburn move the ball? I mean, this Georgia defense is the line. I mean, Jordan Davis, you can go no further than that. Somebody like that absolutely changes everything. You basically have to double team him or you just don't run at him. Either way, Georgia knows that. So they're like, that's cool. You're going to run away from that. Well, we know that. So we're going to make sure that you can't go outside. Or if you double team him, then it's just going to be problems. And he, it starts there and he just creates so many problems. But how do you move yeah. the ball? How do you move the ball in Georgia? What, I mean, how, what, what do you do? Well, I think the, the biggest thing is, is you have to make Jordan Davis move side to side and still he can, he can still do, he can still move side to side just fine. You know, he's got the quickness of a defensive end, uh, but you have to consistently make him work, you know, t- try to tire him out, test that depth. The problem with, facing Georgia is that, yeah, I mean, Jordan Davis is fine. They've got 10, 10 defensive linemen that they rotate yeah. in. Like Jordan Davis yeah. doesn't even play all that much because they just keep rolling through them. So it's like, it's one of those things now where, you know, you have to almost hope that Bo can make some magic, get Sean Chivers out there, use some, uh, you know, eye candy, kind of like Gus used to do, not necessarily exactly like Gus, but get that defensive line moving side to side, try to wear him out. And, you know, at that point, maybe at the end of the second quarter, um, you you get a couple things done, uh, kind of like Auburn did against LSU. You win the final five in the first five, going into halftime and coming out of halftime, then you're probably going to win a football game. So get that defense as tired as you possibly can before going into halftime and try to get some momentum. And then from there, um, you know, see, see where it gets you, see where see what the game where the game plan takes you. But there's no you're not going to run at Georgia's defensive front. You're, you're not going to be able to do that because of Jordan Davis. And even if you go off tackle, he's still going to be there to swallow you up. So you have to go farther off tackle. And at some point, you might have to get into a ton of eye candy. And look, you know, uh, Brian's done that in the past. He's, he's not opposed to doing that. He's not, a, you know, opposed to being creative. So I would imagine you see him, you know, empty out the playbook a little bit and have some fun trying to uh, use tempo and get that defense going side to side. 
Yeah, I think you hit on what I was saying about was tempo. I went back and watched the fourth quarter of the 19 game mm-hmm. um, where Georgia got a little soft, but Auburn went tempo and 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 they they uh, they eliminated Georgia's ability to substitute and and they went back to back drives, touchdown, touchdown, and then we're driving again um, until they they didn't make that fourth and two. Actually, they had to punt and then drove again and didn't make a fourth yeah. and two. Um, so. That's definitely the key. You know, we'll see what Mike Bobo, I'm curious to see how much he implements that. I mean, they do yeah. do some tempo. Everybody does tempo now, um, but they huddle and they do that. I'm curious if there's a little more up-tempo that's just so dangerous because, you know, you go three and out against Georgia or give them field position. That's a dangerous thing, but but that's going to be important. <laughs> it's what you got to do. No, I mean, it's yeah, what you got to do, though. Yeah, you're going to have to take some risks, I think, and go tempo and 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 see if you can keep them from subbing. And then the other part of it is, uh, it, uh, once again, I feel like with Auburn these last few years, we pretty much stare at Bo Nix. Um, <laughs> but, but in particular in this game, I was talking with somebody early in the week, and I'm like, good or bad, you have a defense that's so talented in Georgia. Maybe Bo Nix's, um, you know, his, his, this isn't a word, his wild cardness, okay, yeah. uh, Maybe that's a difference maker. You, you, yeah. you, the, it's like one of the, it's like what they say when when you blitz, like the band's playing one way or another. That's Bo Nix. Like the band's gonna play one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's kind of what you need against Georgia. You need him to be chaotic at times. You, you're gonna need him to make plays with his legs. He's gonna have to do things outside of the bounds of the normal play to beat a team like Georgia. Think about how Alabama always struggled. What do we always go back to? Mobile quarterbacks, yeah. things that take them out. And and so you look really at Bo Nix. Auburn's not going to sit there and run fast pace all game. Bo's going to have to be at the top of his game like he was for a lot of the LSU game yeah. and, just make, and just make things happen. And they need to run him. That's maybe the biggest thing they could have learned out of LSU, I think, is, okay, we really actually need to design eight, eight plays a game for him to run. Then he's going to scramble some, too. He needs to carry the ball 12, 13 times yeah. in a game because he's too big of an asset. Georgia's super talented, but maybe Bo learned something. Maybe they learned something in that game, and maybe he's that wild card X factor that you can't predict it. It's just we'll see we'll yeah. see what happens. Well, and the thing with Bo, and you know, it's funny because during the Penn State, the other games, all the other games, they talked about his footwork. And specifically, even the beginning of the LSU game on TV, they talked and showed that his footwork against LSU significantly better than it was at Georgia State, even when he wasn't playing well yet at LSU. Even when it was, they hadn't scored yet, they showed that, hey, you know what, he's, he's doing all right. Like, this is something that he worked on, and clearly it's working. And then, you know, all hell broke loose with Bo Nix. And it's almost like, all right, dude, you need to be in the middle of that. Like, yeah. be the first half, uh, first quarter Bo and the second half Bo and find a nice little happy medium and go from there. And, uh, you know – I think it's probably in him to do that, but it's going to be on the coaches to get into a position where they trust him to make those smart decisions and not instinctively go one read and bail like he did the first two years of his, of his career. They still need to have him go through all the stuff that he's always, that they're trying to instill in him. And really he did a good job of at the beginning of the LSU game without like going too far into, you know, his instinctive nature of, you know, just bailing and trying to make, you know, magic happen and play backyard football. So, you know, last week was interesting for the quarterbacks to sort of figure out who's going to start, obviously. And now it's, uh, you know, it's almost like a different challenge for Mike Bobo to, to talk to Bo and say, all right, look, man, like, 
what you did against LSU was great. The plays on your on, on, moving with the moving with the passes or passing options and creating all that stuff. That's great. I'm more excited about the first quarter where we didn't score, but you looked significantly better. We need to build off that, but also use the the backyard football stuff to to sort of find the the true identity of, of the offense. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Bo. But you know they have to do both. I, I don't think you can just play backyard football against Georgia defense too fast, too talented, too deep. Um, you know, is he, does he need to stand there in the pocket and be a statue? No, you know, I think you're right. Eight to 10, maybe even 12 design runs. Um, you know, you count in some scrambles and, you know, that's kind of where Bo's sweet spot is. Cause he's, I think we know now like Jarrett Siddham was, was a wheeling runner, right? Bo was much more than that. Like Jarrett Siddham oh, yeah. could do five, six design runs a game, whatever, make some smart decisions on zone read and be done with it. Bo needs to be more than that, but not Johnny Manziel, if that makes sense. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. And, and it's just, it's just, there's, there's, you know, there's no way to predict it. It's uh it's, it's just, we'll see. Um, what's wild is looking up this game and, uh, and noticed it after the LSU game as crazy as Bo Nix's career has been so far and is mm-hmm. and as erratic as we know he can be. How floored are you when I say that there are the two longest streaks in the history of Auburn football of not throwing an interception are by Bo Nix? Are they really? Yes. Wow. He had one in 2019. It was like 250 passes. And then currently right now he has one. He hasn't thrown one all season. He has the two longest wow. streaks in the history of Auburn football of not throwing a pick. That's crazy. That's I would have like, there's no way I would have ever guessed that he has both the top two. Like I would think yeah. that like Jason Campbell had like a stretch there or something because you know Jason Campbell was was great and he was SEC Player of the Year, but he wasn't that risky with the football. Yeah, um, yeah that's nuts. That's Florida. Well, and, and you know I was sort of like, how is that possible? I think one, uh, they've thrown it a lot. You know, under him, he's got five thousand yeah. yards passing. They've thrown it a lot, and two. He, he, you know, his issues have been, uh, they come in bulk kind of, you could go back yeah. and look at like Oregon, he threw two picks and then, four. so it's like, he kind of gets in some of those games and he has a really bad game, but then the ones in between, he looks fine that first yeah. year, Ole Miss, Mississippi state, he looks fine. And so it's, he goes through these stretches and then, but you know, we'll see. So like, so far all this craziness with him this year, he's thrown zero interceptions. And so we'll, wow. we'll see if that happens against, uh, against Georgia maybe they're telling him hey don't force it just run if it's not there don't force a thing just run and maybe maybe that can help him um all right so with all this talk about Georgia's defense uh, I feel like all week the media everybody including me we've ignored the other side of the ball um because it's easy to look at Georgia's defense and figure out how in the world does Auburn score we talked about Stetson Bennett a little bit um Georgia can run the ball they have a stable of backs Auburn's defense is a good unit if they're playing sound. Um, what does Auburn's defense have to do? Do they do they 
do they need a certain amount of turnovers? Do, do they just is it a field position thing? I mean, can Auburn win this game if they don't force two turnovers, or can Auburn win this if their defense can just give them a short field a few times? Like, what do you think Auburn's defense needs to do in this game to to keep them to keep them in it? Yeah, I think they they need to find a way just to to make sure those big seven eight yard chunk plays don't happen. Kenny McIntosh does it all the time. Uh, James Cook was a, well, uh, last week against Arkansas. Everyone talked about Samir White. James Cook led them in rushing and, you know, in third and medium to third and long situations, he was always there to grab a chunky yard. So you got to limit that. And that's easier said than done, but you go back and look what happened with Auburn last week with against LSU. Kobe McClain comes in after the targeting and uh, it's fine. You know, now if Owen Popo plays, then sure. Like, that's great. Um, you know, they have those linebackers can be elite and, they're the ones that are going to have to prevent, you know, Georgia from getting into second and four, you know, second and three, third and three. Uh, and it's going to be on the running game. And the thing about Georgia that I don't think a lot of folks like to talk about is that, yeah, how great they are defensively up front is great. They're breaking in a few new faces uh, on the offensive line and they've been equally as good, if not better than they have been in years past. So uh, it is, it's going to take a, a monumental effort from uh, the front seven for Auburn. I think the linebackers, as long as they're healthy, and, you know, are, are, you know, there for a full four quarters uh, and no random targeting penalties are called, then, uh, then they'll be fine. But their defense, their front four has to find a way, um, you know, to at least move that line of scrimmage back because otherwise, you know, you're going to have Georgia's running backs putting Stetson Bennett in some pretty advantageous situations. Yeah, you mentioned that targeting call. Good grief. Um, I mean, they almost lost Derek Hall last week uh, <laughs> against LSU to a freaking targeting call that would have been terrible. And then he ends up having a, a huge game. That that literally could have turned that game if, if he yeah. doesn't oh, if yeah. that doesn't get overturned with the game Derek Hall had. I don't think Owen Pepo is going to play. It's just my yeah. gut. Uh, so that hurts. You know, LSU, they can get away with it. It's going to be a completely different defensive game plan against Georgia. You're not playing LSU. It's totally different. It'll be – uh, got to stop the run. It'll be more three linebackers. The thing I think about with Georgia that Auburn's got burned on the for years, but certainly the last couple of years, if I remember right, are those over the top. I mean, if you think mm -hmm. back to 19, they got beat over the top. Um, Ridley's brother ha had a big play uh, for a touchdown in that game. Um, you know, just no real excuse for it. Just beats the corner down the middle yeah. on play action. Last year, Kiaris Jackson had some big plays. That's where Auburn's gotten in trouble against Georgia lately is they have to focus so much on the run, and then they've gotten beat on some pass plays. And we talked to Roger McCreary about that, and he, he, uh, he kind of alluded to that. He said, we have to be on high alert. He's like, yeah, they can run, and we get like we're going to have to play physical. He's like, but at any point they can, they can go over the top or play play action or whatever. And I, that's, what, that's what Georgia's good at, and, and they've beaten Auburn like that in, uh, in past years. And, that's what I that's what I think about the challenge for Auburn is those guys have got to stand up. Pritchett McCreary uh, and Smoke Monday, whatever, those guys have got to those guys have got to do their part and allow Auburn to be aggressive on the run and then not get beat over the top because there's because there's gonna be some times where it's gonna be them. Mason's not gonna play that zone. Yeah. He's gonna play a little bit aggressive. And uh and Georgia can do that. Kyrus Jackson's really fast and so well, that's but that's the thing, too. Like, Stetson Bennett, you know, that's why he won co-offensive player of the week in, in week two, I think it was, against UAB. Uh, he did hit those long passes. He did hit those home run shots. They were there, and he hit them. And that's the one thing that for, for Auburn's defense is, okay, can you rattle him enough to take that, 
that um, accuracy downfield away because he absolutely is accurate. He doesn't have the biggest arm in the world, but he's accurate, uh, especially when that running game gets going. So, you know, yeah, Roger McCurry is right. Like they can, they can do that at any time because they know that, you know, defensive coordinators are not going to look at that passing offense and say, okay, that's, that's the danger zone. That's the part we have to focus on. And they're just good enough at quarterback to, to make you pay. And that's where the home field I think comes in. Yeah, and I'm curious if you know. I'm just curious how that defensive scheme is going to work if they play. If they maybe go back to a tad more zone, maybe they invite a few more passes underneath um, yeah. versus versus the run with the stable of backs and the over the top shots. Maybe they maybe they invite something like, mm-hmm. all right, well let's keep it in this little container right here, and we'll maybe they invite some shorter stuff yeah. um, to to make it where Georgia's not just going over the top a lot. Um, I think that's going to be a, a, a really interesting point. I think they're going to have to – look, Auburn's defense is going to have to put Auburn's offense in a handful of really good field positions. I mean, they're just going to have yeah. to. Auburn's not going to go 80 yards. They're, they're, they're just not. Uh, maybe they might have one. Yeah. Um, but they're going to have to put um, – they're going to have to put them in really good positions. Maybe maybe get a, maybe start them at the 40 if they can get pinned back and um, – you know, those. This is one of those games where punters are huge um, to fix field position because it's just going to be that Anders Carlson could be mm-hmm. huge, um, and so I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. So, what's kind of your before we move on to SEC stuff? What are kind of maybe your final thoughts? I think like it's hard to not pick Georgia to win. Like, yeah, it, it, I mean, if you pick Auburn to win that's a total gut feeling or a homer pick. It, there's not necessarily, I got, I can't pick a good reason. Like, look, I, I, this, 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 and therefore Auburn's going to win. Um, 15 points is tough. I think if Auburn loses by, you know, 14, 17, then they probably made some mistakes. They turned yeah, it over once or something like that. I think if Auburn plays a fairly clean game, um, then I, I think that thing could be, uh, closer in the fourth quarter. Here's how. Here's how I've looked at it going into this game. I think it's a. I think it's two games in one. I think Auburn has got to get to the fourth quarter and then play the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think they got to figure out how do we, how do we be aggressive, but 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 also not too like how how do we can we we want to be aggressive, but we don't want to go for it on fourth down three times in the first two quarters, or <laughs> we don't want Bo Nix running around like backyard football, not against this Georgia team. So. How do you how do you get it to the fourth quarter? And then if you get there, then all bets are off. If you're down, if it's twenty to ten and the fourth quarter starts, well then then go for it. Tell Bo yeah. do your thing, man. Be aggressive. Take a shot. Uh, try to make things happen. D- don't worry about it anymore. Don't worry about field position. None of that matters. And then you, maybe you have an opportunity. But that's kind of how I, I I'm looking at it. I think Auburn needs to get there and then and then sort of see what see what happens. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the right way. I, you know, I think you're going to see, like we talked about, more Bo Nix design runs. Uh, try to tell him to play within himself. And, yeah, I mean, if things have to get crazy, you know, Bo can, Bo can do that. We've seen that. So I think that's the way you got to do it because I don't think you're going to see Georgia go out there and, and you know, air it all around. Like, they're not going to do that at Jordan-Hare Stadium with Stetson Bennett, the first sold-out away game that he's ever been to, like played in. Like, that's just not going to happen. So I, I think that knowing what how Kirby's going to operate um, – you know, Bobo is going to look at Kirby because they're lifelong friends, you know, so they know each other really well and say, all right, look, you know, let's kind of feel each other out a little bit. And that's exactly what's going to happen. And if Auburn makes a couple plays, if, if Tank breaks off a big run or, you know, Bo has a couple of times in the first half where he does work that magic, then yeah, it's going to be a game in the fourth quarter. But I don't, I don't understand how you can look at, at that Auburn team 
and say that they're more than two touchdown underdogs just because of what the, 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 the home stadium, the fact that defensively they're playing okay, that it's a backup quarterback, and he's not much of a threat in the passing game. I, I don't understand how 16 points calculates right there. Yeah. If Auburn doesn't turn it over, and if Georgia wins this game 31 to 7 and Auburn has no turnovers, um, then, then, then put Georgia, put, put them number one. And, and then, <laughs> yeah, then, right. I mean, seriously, they're yeah. for real. I mean, they are absolutely everything that we think they, they, uh, that they should be. Um, yep. I think it's going to be an interesting game. All right. The other big one. Uh, well, I guess you got Bama, Texas A&M. Uh, you've got Ole Miss, Arkansas, which I kind of feel bad for those two programs because I don't think they're getting any attention no. because they're coming off blowout losses. Um, but that's probably going to be an awesome game. Um, wait, yeah, Kentucky, LSU, which could be an interesting game. Um, what do you kind of make of some of the other, the other games in the SEC? What stands out to you? Yeah, and Kentucky LSU might be the end of O. I mean, it, it's one thing to break the streak to to a good Auburn team, you know, albeit, you know, it's it sucks for LSU, but that's I wouldn't say understandable, but it's tolerable. If they go to Kentucky, albeit a very good Kentucky team, and lose, then that is not gonna sit well with the folks who know Kentucky as the, you know, a basketball school who doesn't have any chance of winning the East in, in football. Like that's not gonna fly. So I think with Arkansas and Ole Miss, you know. Last week, Lane Kiffin had a little bit to do with that loss. I know folks will say, well, Alabama's great. Alabama did what Alabama does. Yeah, okay, but Lane Kiffin got away from the game plan that was working in the first drive and maybe tried to go to play too much YOLO ball when analytics said, okay, you might want to go for this or you might not. It was always like, go for it. Like, it was never thought in his mind. Yeah. You know, so that leads me to believe that Ole Miss had a bad game Arkansas just got exposed. And because of that, and the fact that it's at home, you know, I think uh, Ole Miss gets the job done. And then with Alabama and Texas A&M, I, I'd love to know how Texas A&M is going to score. I mean, I, they don't, they could hardly score against air. I, I can't imagine how they're going to score against Alabama's defense. And I mean, it is that game to think that it's a 17 and a half point spread. And that's not nearly enough. is pretty mind boggling considering what we were talking about at media day. So um, yeah, the over under is 51 Alabama might do that themselves. What a, what a brutal loss that would be for, uh, for Jimbo and, mm-hmm. and then given, I mean, he gets that extension, um, but I, you know, we talked about it. I mean, certainly people even more than me before the season, there was a lot of hype about AM. They had a great year last year. Um, and they returned some pieces like Spiller and, but, but I think people just sort of didn't look hard enough at them with, with the ranking. I think when you looked at them, you're like, well, hold on, aren't they kind of rebuilding in some areas? Like, wait a minute, are we, are we, it seemed like a media narrative. Like they had a great year. This is the time Jimbo's now he's built the program. Let's just make him ranked in the top 10 or whatever, instead of looking at it going, well, I don't know. Hold on. Like, yeah, yeah, they've finished well, but they've got to rebuild these pieces maybe we shouldn't just push them into the spotlight quite yet. I don't, I mean, and they weren't, they weren't ready. Well, and that's, and I picked them. I picked them fourth in the West. And for the reasons you just said, yeah, they had a great year last year. When you replace four offensive linemen and you have a brand new quarterback and you're in a system like Jimbo's where you put a ton of pressure on the quarterback, it is not going to work well. Like it's yeah. just not. And I know Calzada takes a lot of heat and, you know, he's not been great. And honestly, Haynes King wasn't great either when he was in there, but if you can't block anybody, 
Isaiah Spiller and Devin A. Chain aren't going to have success. And they, yeah. those are two really good players. And they can't do anything because their offensive line is so bad. So, yeah, I think, you know, A&M was sort of the new girl at school, right, where everyone kind of turns their heads and they're like, oh, okay. And then reality, it's just it's, – it's more sizzle than steak. Yeah, that's going to be a tough loss to them. The, the Orgeron, I mean, dude, did you hear the call-in show? What yes. in the world? Um, that was uh, – <laughs> First of all, whoever called in, like, not cool. Yeah, um, and for – Jeez. I don't know. How, I Honestly, like, I, I like Orgeron for some things, and I don't like him for some other things. He actually handled that pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, I guess as as well as you can until he basically made a death threat. Well, that part of it, yeah. But, you know, (laughs) here's the thing with that. The death threat thing, yeah, I mean, for most people, it would be like, oh, my God, you can't do that. For for Ed Orgeron, you're like, okay, he's Cajun. I mean, you know, he's they're they're wired differently and so i don't know maybe maybe that's why you know i thought but i I don't understand like if you're an lsu fan right why do you do that to your school because you're doing more harm than good right like you're you're sitting there now your team's going to kentucky and there's you know all of a sudden the talking point is about how your somebody asked your coach if he you know sleeps with underage kids like it's not okay. Oh man! And what made it worse is Ordron like went like was like, oh yeah, what's your name? Yeah, I me mean, just really got into it, and then uh, <laughs> and then it went uh, it went very south. What it was what was awkward. The guy was like, okay, they hung up on the call. Really awkward, and the guy was ready to get back to the to the show. And Ordron says, we're gonna find a fishing hole for you, and then you can almost tell whoever was doing the call show was like, oh, um, yeah. all right, let's well, go, let's now go. It's, now it's more awkward than it already yeah. just was. Um, I think you're right. That's that has the same feeling as Urban Meyer in Jacksonville right right about now, which is just inevitable. Inevitable. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't seem like. And um, yeah, I, you could see that man after that that 2020. You could see that they lost the game, and I remember going, "Hey, it's Chizik." Yeah, he's, it's, he's it's, it's, it's gonna be like Chizik. Um, <laughs> nationally, you've got Texas, Oklahoma, Penn State, Iowa. Um, I think those are the two big games. I'm curious to see the Penn State-Iowa game just because from an Auburn perspective, can Penn State, you know, what can they do? I yeah. feel like Iowa – I I don't know, man. I'm not sure. Like, I think Iowa could could smack them around. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they can. I, I okay. think it's – you see the score from last week for Iowa, the 52 points, and you're like, oh, wow, they put up 52 points. They fixed everything. And when you have Tulea Tagovailoa basically just coming over and handing you the ball – yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to score. So I think Penn State, like, I don't think we know what their upside is, but I think Auburn folks saw this and, and really Indiana as well. And, you know, just since, you know, the start of the season, they've been really solid on, like, there's no weakness, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, there, there may not be a, like a super strength. They're not going to be Alabama or Georgia, but you look at them like, okay, they're a complete football team. Like they're yeah. not going to, they're not going to do anything dumb. And I just, to me, that's going to be enough to beat Iowa and Texas, Oklahoma. Look, I, I swore that I would never say Texas is back until they actually proved that they are back. They're a better football team than Oklahoma right now after, after putting Casey Thompson in a quarterback. So I think that's going to be wild. I think there's this idea that Oklahoma is just going to walk out there. Texas is going to see the crimson and cream helmets and, you know, and suddenly forget how to play football. I don't think that's the case. Yeah. That's, that's always a fun game uh, to watch. I saw a hilarious tweet by Reddit college football. Whoever runs that account's a 
freaking genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is the day that Facebook went down and they, they had uh, things that are back. Facebook check, Texas now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yeah, it was great. Um, hey, Red Rivalry Shootout is now going to be in the SEC here soon. I can't so wait. wait. How, how does that how does that stack up to the Iron Bowl and to uh, say Georgia Florida? We know that Georgia Florida is not the Iron Bowl, but there's some obviously the SEC has got some awesome rivalries. How does the Red River uh, stack up to uh, the Iron Bowl for you? I uh, not as good as the Iron Bowl. I would say probably I wouldn't say better than Georgia Florida, like comparable, like maybe on that level. Yeah. Um. You know, the, the, they're the biggest rival for each other, but. I mean, Georgia has its hands full with other teams at times. Florida has its hands full with other teams at times. Um, you know, so I kind of figured that's going to be the way it is for Texas and Tech and uh, Oklahoma. Uh, you know, as you know, and I know, Auburn, Alabama doesn't stop ever. So I think it's yeah. a little different in that regard. Yeah, and it's and, it, and we always go back to it's, it's in the same state, Michigan. So Michigan, Ohio State's is is got the national appeal because the media has helped make that a, more of a national rivalry than Alabama yeah. Auburn, but. Uh, being in the same state, you just you can't you can't yeah you can't duplicate that. You can't really uh, just deal with that. It's just it's just a crazy thing. Yep. Um, well, we'll see how it goes. Another interesting uh, week of of college football. I think I think you know it's possible Georgia and Alabama could extend themselves and um, could have a new number one if Georgia goes in there and takes care of business. I think a lot of people are waiting for the opportunity to to tick Georgia up above Alabama just to change things up. Well, I put and, a number one on my uh, CBS one thirty ballot last week. So yeah, I think perfectly. Well, and I've written even this week when I've when I've you know I would say number two Georgia, but I would almost I almost put in there a few times. But most pundits basically consider them co number one. I mean that's yeah, what we're exactly. talking about. You're talking yeah. about essentially the number one team in the country, arguably the best team in, the, in college football coming in here. Yep. Um, we don't have to say number two. Um, all right, man, it'll be a good game. Sirius XM eighty four on Sunday mornings. Right, what time does that start? Uh, eight to 11 central. And if you miss it, uh, it's on from 11 central until six in the morning. So there you, you can get a lot of, of me and, uh, Tom Luganville if you want us. Yeah. So make sure and check that out. Um, make sure to be on auburnlive.com throughout the weekend, big weekend for Auburn, not just, um, football game. They have tip off at tumors, which is Thursday night. You probably already saw some stuff about that. Um, you have a pro day for basketball in Auburn on Friday. Uh, almost, I think, 28 of 30 teams are going to be represented from the NBA, maybe nice. all 30 by the end of it. So what what an incredible job Bruce Pearl's done. A big football and recruiting weekend for Auburn. Um, probably, well, not probably. It's 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 the biggest recruiting weekend in really probably in years. A year and a half at least, yeah. Yeah, but, but you go back to the importance of it. I mean, you'd have to go back. I don't know how far you'd go back to – this staff, there it's their first big opportunity. Yeah, big weekend, packed out crowd, loaded visitor list. Uh, it's their chance. It's their chance to show what they're about, why they're building a great program. It's a massive recruiting football weekend and basketball as well. It's just, it's just, it's a big weekend for Auburn, regardless. So close game, good atmosphere can go a long way. Yep, absolutely. Football and uh, and basketball. All right, Barrett, thanks so much, man. We appreciate appreciate everybody joining us. Make sure to go to auburnlive.com, subscribe, and uh. We'll talk to you on Saturday morning with our modcast and give you more predictions on the Auburn-Georgia game. Till next time, see ya. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.